Hello and welcome to Coffee Milk. I'm Mark Laporte. And I'm Mitch Mahalo. It's like, it just sucks. Everyone today is just focused on TikTok. and Great way to build an audience, so. No, like, just looking at TikTok. Oh. Consuming. I... No one wants to create. No. But they think it's too hard. It's just like, all you need is conversation. That's all you need. Yeah. People just want... Oh, my friend Thomas is starting YouTube, too. What's he doing? Thomas is doing fishing. We got to get him on. Yeah. I'll totally get him on. Yeah. And then we'll 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 roll off ideas for Tom. We'll be like, this is what we do. Okay, you got the... He might not. He might. But he also might not uh, be down. Why? Because he's just like... He's not like the type... I don't know. I feel like he maybe would, but maybe he won't. So, cool thing happened. I got an email from... Amazon KDP, and I had sold a couple. They were paying me a royalty for a couple of books I sold, apparently in December or maybe November. And it was pretty cool because I haven't thought about that in God knows how long. And it was just by happenstance that I saw that email because I actually, once I get the notification on my phone, it's like, oh, you have 147 emails. I just swipe it to the left and I ignore it. I never go through my emails, but this one I saw pop up. So I actually. Uh, went through and I saw it was uh, this Sudoku book that I had made, I want to say Christmas of 2019. And I actually sold about 50 copies of it and didn't know. And apparently I've been getting a few royalties here and there over the course of three years. I just thought it was really cool. It's something I had created four years ago is actually still paying me something. Yeah, and that's amazing. KDP was probably one of the first side hustles I actually got into and KDP is Kindle Direct Publishing. So you can create any book you want. What I was focusing on was what they called low content books. And it was just journals. It'd be lined notebooks, maybe with a cool little border because you had to make it a little bit unique with just a a funny cover. And then I I got further into like puzzle books. Physical notebooks? Yeah. Physical ones. It would be a soft cover. It wouldn't. You didn't have the spiral or anything. Okay. It would just be a soft cover with a uh, a funny cover. That yeah. Just have lines in it or things like that. Oh. But I also created Sudoku books, drawing books, and then when you were a kid, you had those tracing books. You know. Yeah. Write A a bunch of times. Write B a bunch of times. I created a few of those, and apparently I sold some of those as well. But that was actually one of my first journeys into little side hustles within maybe the last decade. Aside from I growing think, mushrooms or farming or anything like I that. I think that's, um, you told me about that a while ago, how you were making notebook cover yeah. designs. And now and now you're getting the emails on the sales. Yeah. That's great. Well, I did back then too, because I, I think well, I created yeah. in October and then that December was kind of a big mm-hmm. month. I, I sold at the time 12 and 12 was fine by me. It was a couple of bucks every book, and I just didn't mind it. I, I thought it was kind of a cool way to yeah. get another source of income or stream of income. So you post the covers for them, basically, just the digital cover? No, I'd actually, you'd have to create everything. You'd have to create the inside. Even if it was lines, you'd have to create the lines. And they wouldn't allow that after a certain point because everybody was doing it. So you're creating the files to print? Yeah, they'd print okay. it for you, and then they'd ship it out for you. They did it. Oh, okay. They got right. their pieces. You just, you just upload get the your images. Yep. I see. It was 
really easy. I mean, it took a lot of time because I put a lot of time. The Sudoku book, I think I put 12 hours into that damn thing. Wow. Oh, yeah. Because when I create it, I would copy it over into Word, and then when it was saved, it the fonts all would be weird, or when you upload it, nothing would look right, so I'd have to redo it. It was a whole process, but... I don't know. It was kind of a cool thing to create. If if you have a little story, you could create a children's story and then just l upload it to uh, Amazon KDP. Get an illustrator, but right now you got the AI tools. You can totally have that create the artwork for Oh, yeah. But you can have it create whole book illustrations. I completely forgot about KDP as a, a side hustle. Creating little notebooks, creating anything. It's really saturated right now, though. Uh, I feel it is. That's why I wouldn't go into the low content section. I would actually create content. Like a book. Yeah. I'd write my own book. Your own book. You got chat. Because people take. want your personal opinion. Yep. Yeah. That's a good little side hustle that worked out for you. So that's Amazon KDP. Oh, my God. Dude, snowboarding did me in. Why? What happened? Um, It was just a long session. When did you go? Wednesday. Uh. Uh, Thursday. 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 Yep. Thursday night. Wait, no. Oh my gosh, that was yesterday. I am. Yeah, it was Wednesday night. Sure, wasn't Tuesday the snowy day? It was Wednesday night. We went Monday. Tuesday was no snow. Wednesday was snow and rain. That's right. At the end, and, yep, I was snowboarding in the rain, and we were soaked. I was soaked to the whole ride home. Does it make snow, uh, snowboarding better because it like packs down the snow and makes the it kind rain? Of easy? Yeah. Well, yeah, because on the mountain that I go to, they uh, they make a lot of snow, and it's not really like that light, fluffy snow that you get. It's more like a uh, a powdered granular, so it's like really small beads of ice. Oh really sure. Yeah. So we went about a week ago, and it was all powdered granular. It was like snowboarding on a on a pile of ice pellets. So it was like soft, and you could kind of flow through it, but it really gripped oh. your board or your skis. Like you would like sink into it, and it would grip it. It's not like light. It's like heavy pellets. That's awesome. That's it's weird. I don't. I didn't really like it. But when the rain hits that, that's when it's good. And you get a little bit of fresh snow, too. It was amazing. Do they keep doing the snow as you... No. Are they just doing, like, in the morning? Well, they do it at night, mostly. It depends on the conditions, really. If they need to add more, they add more. But early on in the season, like, you would be sledding... Uh, sledding. You would be snowboarding, and you would be going through the snow guns, pumping out snow. It's so cool. They, like, mist water out at high pressure through these really small nozzles. I was wondering how they did Yes. They, they missed water out these uh, heads that have, like, I'd say, like, I think they have 16 nozzles ahead or, like, eight nozzles ahead, depending on, like, they got new ones and old ones out there. I, I look at them when I when I go up the lift, but they it just sprays it out at really high pressure and then, like, mists it, basically. And then uh, as it falls down, when it's cold enough, it just turns to snow, but mainly it turns to ice pellets. Where's that, Wachusets? Wachusets Mountain. Yeah, it's a really good mountain. I mean... They were open first, like before most New Hampshire mountains. They made their own snow and they just, they got it open. It was crazy. Huh. Like way earlier than many mountains around in New England. So because they're so small? They're comparable to other mountains. So you didn't get caught up on the ski lift? No, we didn't. But yeah, the first, uh, the, uh, when I went a week ago and it was perfect snow. Like there was like a fresh snowfall of like 
three inches and it was so fun to ride through we went down one green trail to warm up and then we get in the line for the blue trail we sit down on the lift right as we sit down to start going up it shuts off Thank- <laughs> thankfully we didn't stop halfway up the lift and get stuck would you have yeah. jumped off um no i think the lift itself runs on diesel a diesel generator oh. or motor or whatever so ran out of diesel um no they still ha- they still had that but the power went out for the whole place and it was night so you can't have people skiing with no lights on or else people are gonna crash and not you know but yeah so they they got the lift running again and they slowly got everyone off the lift and they came down the mountain slowly and whatnot they probably got guided down by all the people but yeah we shut down within we got one ride in and then it shut down <laughs> do you get a refund for that yeah or? we did oh. when we went uh two days ago we we got a refund. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And it was uh it was really nice cuz it was the college night and they did um on college night it's 50 bucks for two sessions. So we were able to get a refund for a longer time than what we originally got oh, it, because it was just cheaper that night. Have you ever uh, skied back in your day? Back in my day. We uh might have been middle school we took a, a field trip. I will never do that again. Oh yeah, because I was just so sore the next day. I don't ski. I'm I sore. Fall. I'm sore right now. I I don't I don't even fall and I'm sore. So it, I can imagine how you felt. You use muscles. You just never use. Yes, like exactly. Like, what is that feeling? Yeah, I don't like that. Yep, hundred percent. And at forty, you're really stressed out more about these pains and aches that you get. Like, am I dying? Is that chest pains or is it a heart attack? But no, uh, I think I've done it three times. First time horrible, second time horrible, third time a little bit better. I think I actually got maybe halfway down the mountain before I fell. Yeah, I don't know what it is with me, but I just pick up anything like riding a skateboard, skiing, snowboarding. I just pick it up so fast. Like I started with uh, snowboarding when I was... uh, when I was really young, like in elementary school, and I did that a few times, and I was pretty good at it. And then in middle school, I did skiing, and that was fun. I picked that up like the first day, and then every other time I went skiing after that was just better. So, so much fun. Yeah. And then I got bored of the skis, and I was like, I want to go back to snowboarding. So then I bought a snowboard, and it's just been so much fun. See, my body couldn't, I don't think I could do. It's not like I'm a pro, but I can do it. I can do it all good enough to just ride and not fall and like do jumps and stuff and have fun. Do you surf? Um, I tried it once. I was, I think I caught like one wave, but. What'd you do? I surfed in Narragansett. Oh. It wasn't that, it wasn't like the waves were very small. I caught like one wave like that you could catch on a boogie board and I was able to stand up, but it's not like I caught a wave and like rode it. Right. No. They weren't that big. I wanted to do that. That's always been on my bucket list. Yeah, is to surf. It's not that. It's not that bad. Yeah, yeah. You could definitely do that because, uh, yeah, you won't break your bones if you fall. You'll be in the water. You'll have a little bit of a little bit of cushion. Yeah, some aches and pains maybe, but yeah, oh, I don't. Your belly flops, but ever. I, I anytime you watch a a surfer movie or something, it always seems like a religious experience when they catch that wave. And oh yeah, uh, it's it's beautiful. Right, I would love to try. I wish we lived in the area where you could just kind of. Well, we we do, but it's like you gotta wait for the days where it's good waves. Yeah, our waves water are breezing, and it's like I guess if you're wearing a wetsuit, it's probably a lot better. Don't they wear like wetsuits and stuff? That's what I was gonna yeah. ask. That's why I didn't know if you. Would yeah, it's surf. probably a lot better but... because it's like Narragansett Surf and Skate, I believe it's called. Uh, they have. Well, one on the uh, private, le- yep, and private lessons yeah, too. Got them everywhere. So I want to try. Oh, but. I heard about a side hustle of some guy just selling beach chairs. 
What do you mean beach chairs? Beach chairs. Renting out beach chairs, or he was selling them, or either renting them out at a certain beach that didn't have something like that. You just rent out beach chairs or umbrellas or something like of that nature that people like, you know, they forget to bring sometimes or like they want to use or they need an extra. And he made, I don't remember this, but I know it was very profitable for him and it was a good like short term. That's outstanding ingenuity. Yeah. That, that guy's a genius. Yeah. Like going to a, a, a beach and just selling like, well, I mean, you can't really do that today because you'll get shut down. Like you need to ask and get like permits or whatnot. But well, some of the beach houses. Yeah, they're right on the beach. Maybe you could do it from the backyard. Hey, you need uh, an umbrella? You need some beach chairs? I got like these long Kids ones. always want buggy boards at the beach or whatnot or shovels. Just walk around with that. You could, you could make a killing. I mean, once you got the kid looking at it, then they're asking their mom and it's game over. They got to buy it. No, I don't get boogie out. boards or something down there. That's actually a pretty good idea, but I just don't want to travel. I mean, that you, you just can't really do that, right? You can't, you can't just like, it's like going outside of Walmart and like selling food. Or something, or selling like T-shirts outside of Walmart. It's like you can't, you can't just. No, I'm sure you need a. Yeah, you have to ask somebody get a permit somehow. Have a really good story because it can't yeah, be. I'm just, selling these T-shirts to make money. It's like it's the girl scandal allowed. Business properties. It's like if you're gonna start a business, you need to have a solution for someone in a specific area. So like people want this item at the beach, so go to the beach and sell them that item. I do miss the hot dog guy outside of Home Depot. There would always be a hot dog cart outside Home Depot. Really? Yeah. Yeah. When I, I was think that might have. When did they get rid of that? I don't know. I just see. I don't see it around anymore. I don't know if either people aren't doing hot dog carts anymore because I still think that's an outstanding idea. I always wanted to do a uh, a little hot dog cart, just a weekend. Try it outside Home Depot. I'm not going to do it because I just don't want to anymore. But when I was younger, I always thought it's got to be a great way to make money because. He would always just have a constant flow of people leaving, picking up a hot dog and a Coke. What do you make? Three bucks. It probably cost him, I don't know, a dollar at max for everything. Makes $2 profit. Contractors, everybody leaving there. Oh, yeah. When we got the um, the hot dog stand at the gas station that I was working at, people were buying hot dogs all the time. And it would be the same people. There's nothing like a station time. hot dog. And they would just buy them up. Yep. There are certain things that I get at a gas station. I don't know. You just have to. Just like if you go to a, a ball game or something, and if you're 21, you you got to get a beer and a hot dog. You know it's going to cost $47, but you just got to do it. I'm going to put you in the driver's seat this episode. I'm feeling a little, uh, this coffee's not kicking in. I got the Red Bull going. All right. So last week on our episode, we had a little bit of a spur-of-the-moment decision to make a website and figure out a way to sell air to people overseas who don't have clean air. It's called breathofnewport.com. Our original plan is I'm going to go down to Newport with a couple mason jars, like five to 10 mason jars, and we're going to go to a specific location in Newport. I'm going to get my jar of air. I'm going to take a video or a picture or whatnot of me jarring up that air, uh, find some way to validate that that air is where I'm actually saying it's from. We're going to have a map on our website uh, pinpointing where the air is from. And maybe in the future, we uh, we talked about having different locations, like different jars. And you kind of click on the map, the point on the map, and then you can buy a jar of air from that point. I brought up the idea of doing pressurized air from a specific location. So find a way to fill up a large uh, tank with pressurized air from a specific location. Uh, we, we need to find a mobile solution, 
getting pressurized air from like a specific location. So something we can just take in the back of a car, fill up somewhere, and then at home, we can bottle a quantity of, I don't know, pressurized 500 air. bottles of pressurized air that we can sell. So like rather than just opening a mason jar and getting a smell, you can get 30, 30 to well, like 50 to 100 puffs of air from a pressurized can. And this is kind of just a, a just a, a test idea, run. An yeah. idea. That's what we would have to do. What I was thinking was when we push it, say it actually does work and, and we actually get a, a pressurized way of getting the air. Okay. The people who originally bought mason jars should get some discount for life. It's like, okay, you saw yeah, us in the beginning they when it was just us, kind of an idea. They helped us start up. What are ideas? And yeah. they proved the concept. That, it. Okay. That's I, what I, I just really hope it works. We've seen people do it before. If it does work and we, we end up uh, generating revenue from this, we need to find a way to put that back into something good. Because I don't want to take all of this. If like if we do make profit, like we can't just take it all. Like that that is wrong. I, selling fresh air to people who don't have access to fresh air just because that's where they were born or that's where they are. And they it's not like they can just get up and leave. Okay, we yeah. take 25% of the profits Say, and we plant trees so that people yeah, and something like that. Yep. Like we just need to do something, something to give back. Or we just plant trees. Yeah, I mean, it is their decision at the end of the day to buy the air if they do. Right, but, but I, I feel a, a good story along with why you're purchasing this air and, and what we plan to do. What's the what's the end goal? Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. Breathofnewport.com. So we've talked about ChatGPT and everything so much. Really? What's ChatGPT? That's a joke. See, like, this is, and then I'm like, oh, wait, what do I do? I've been talking about how it's helping us learn code and it's helping anyone learn anything. So now, just the other day, I was leaving the house and then I see on the news how chat GPT is being banned for all schools and everything. And then just recently, um, I read an article about how chat GPT is being used to help students learn in classroom. Uh, this teacher at a university of technology in the Netherlands, um, she teaches an undergraduate course on AI and ethics, and she gives students assignments where they have to brainstorm prompts. I guess we would call it prompts for AI. They make up a thesis statement, and then they use the AI to generate responses. So teachers are literally, uh, teachers are teaching st students how to efficiently use this tool in classrooms today, which is just mind-blowing because it just came out. And I'm sure AI has been taught around technology universities across the world, but not with this type of advancement i would think and then think that if this is what it's you're given as a, as here. normal people think about what's really out there you know if if what we have yes available to the public yes. is it's this like what comes to the surface and what we see is nothing compared to what's yeah, actually what is there. in development in private you could have something kind of sentient which is fairly scary i i think we we do have sentient computers out there for sure I mean, we're, we're able to decode the brains of humans, right? So We call them HAL. That's a reference to a 2001 A Space Odyssey. 
Oh, okay. Good movie. Have you heard anything about sleep and how it affects your life? Yes, I'm told that these people who say six hours of sleep, I get six hours of sleep or four hours of sleep and I'm a maniac throughout the day. I don't need sleep anymore. Yeah, I'm told that's all BS and eight hours of sleep is what you need to fully function. I agree. I don't know if it's based on the hours, but I learned about it in psychology a little bit and it's called WHOOP. They've basically developed this technology that tracks your sleep in all of your schedules of sleep. So you have like, I don't know, it's like four or five schedules of sleep and two of them are really important. And it it depends on how long you are in each schedule. Okay, so to my understanding, there's a period of weak sleep and then a period of light sleep and then a period of REM sleep, sleep. That's where you get like the main benefits from sleeping. That's where all the dreams come from. Yes, that's where you get your dreams. The last two cycles is where everything really comes together and your body gets all of the benefits from sleep. That's why even if you get seven hours of sleep, you're yeah. not getting good sleep because you're not in the REM cycle. Yes. You really need to make sure that like when you're going to bed, you're doing it at the at a similar time each night. You have the same routine before bed. You either don't use your phone. You don't like do anything too super stimulating. Like I guess you could read a book or something. If you're using your phone, try not to do anything super stimulating and always wear blue light glasses that can kind of help but you still should stay away from it like at least in two hours to an hour before you go to bed exactly what i try and do before bed is one hour i won't touch my phone or really try and watch tv so i'll i'll try and read or maybe i'll listen to music but i used to be in the habit when i would sleep I would sleep with the TV on because I'd always need noise for some reason. But then I realized yeah, that blue light I've is never not doing understood it. people like that because my brother's girlfriend, her whole family sleeps with the TV on. I don't get it. Even at at um at our house when she sleeps over, she'll they, they'll leave the TV on and go to bed. I just don't get it. And my friend, my other friend, um, he'll watch YouTube videos and fall asleep with it blasting in his ear. I get the whole background noise. People like it, but I've never been able to to do it. Like sometimes when I'm really tired, I can just knock, but I want to say actually for me it was because at the time I worked third shift, so I'd get home in the morning and there'd always be activity on outside. So no matter what when I was sleeping, I would always be hearing okay. things. So, so I tried to the TV to You were always used to people driving by and whatnot and or people mowing their lawns and stuff. Oh my god. I hated third shift just for that. I'd come home and that's when everyone would start doing work. Yeah. I remember we That's terrible. We had uh, my cousin, he was doing the floor in the dining room. Yeah. Right underneath my bedroom while I was sleeping. And you were also sleeping in the light too. Yeah, that was That's a big problem. thing that they say as well with um the cycles of sleep like you won't you won't get good REM sleep or slow wave sleep if your room is not completely dark like they they either mention getting blackout film on your windows can make sense but it's not very practical or getting a face mask and wearing uh eye eye mask I want you sleep. I can't do the. I can't mask. do that either. I don't like anything like on my face. Exactly. While I'm sleeping, I, mean, I could probably get used to it if I had to, but I move around too much. Yeah, it come right off. Like half my face. Yeah, under my yeah. Mouth. I would roll around and it'd be off. Yeah. That thanks. Yeah. That's why uh, they say if you're not getting enough REM sleep, you don't get uh, a lot of dreams. And what uh-huh. I do remember was, I could never remember my dreams, and then I would start waking up at certain times in the early morning, sometimes like three in the morning. And when I'd wake up, 
I would immediately write down what that last dream was or as much as I could remember. And after about a week, I could start to remember up to five dreams. No way. The more you write your dreams down, the more I could No remember. way. Oh, yeah. Did, and then I, Did you gain control of them, too, eventually? I could never do you, that. You, you no. tried, though. Yeah. That's what, that was the main goal, wasn't it? I've heard of it. My friends have done it, I think. And I think my my one of my friends has done it once or twice, but... Never it, controlled the dreams. It's pretty wild. One weird thing because i was always when i was younger i was obsessed with like astral projection and stuff and that's heard about that have the out-of-body experience yeah. while you're sleeping we had a wall right here this was all built within the last 20 years but this was when i was young we the couch was right there and i was staring at that light it was probably midnight and i was going to sleep but i would just control my breathing i was focusing on that light because i tried to tell myself okay you're awake you're awake you're in control type chip. Then all of a sudden, maybe 15 minutes of just controlling my breathing, looking at that light, everything turns to darkness. Trees start popping up and a brown bear walks by, looks at me. I freak out, wake back up and I'm looking back at that light. And at the time Did I was- you just going to a dream? I don't know. Or like you just instantly started dreaming. Some people say it was my spirit animal. And I was like, okay. And I started learning, like, everybody's got their own spirit animal. And you find out, maybe, if you're lucky, what it's what your spirit animal is. Very big with Native American culture. Like, they have spirit quests and spirit guides. They call them their spirit guide. But that was that was one of the weirdest but coolest experiences I've ever had. Could never duplicate it. Tried? Yeah, because it was just a one-and-done thing. But as I'm talking to you, yes, it's just all black trees. And it was immediate. Trees and a brown bear is walking by. I remember as clear as day, walks by, then stops, turns its head and looks right at me. And I was like, Ugh. Like, you're in all black? Or you you, you were in... The kitchen disappears. Like, I'm looking at the light and I'm, I can see the kitchen around me in my peripheral. And then it just all disappears. And then all of a sudden I'm in the forest. And there's a brown bear walking by. And then he just turns and he looks at me. But you were in a forest, like a virtual forest, basically. Like, a, like I was outside in the woods right now. Wow. Yeah. It was just instantaneous. I didn't close my eyes. I my I know my eyes were wide awake, but I just... Wow. Yes. I've had a little sleep paralysis thing, like waking when you wake. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that. Especially in the dreams, I find I get that more. Sometimes there's something there, but I can't see it and I can't hear it, but I can just feel it. And... I kind of get paralyzed in my dream where I also can't, I'll be screaming for help and nothing comes out. I'm just like, it's wild. It's only dream. happened to me once though. I say write, start writing down some of your dreams. When you wake up, if you can remember, even if it's five seconds, just write down a portion of it. Like I was in, a, in the woods and then stop. Hmm. And then start to see if you can remember more stuff. And it actually might help with REM, I, I yeah. don't know. So, all right, so this company basically it's a subscription service. You either pay, it's like 30 bucks a month, 20, 24 months is 20 bucks. Annual is $25 per month. Uh, monthly is $30 per month. So it's all based on how long you want to pay for. And you get the watch when you pay for the membership, but you're going to pay per month to wear the damn thing and have it work. What's the difference between that and just a regular smartwatch? I think my yeah, cousin's got thing. That's what I was gonna say. It's like, why isn't Apple just gonna beat out this product? Like, if everyone wants an Apple Watch, why wouldn't they just buy that? Why would they waste their money on something that does just sleep 
when Apple is eventually going to be just as good at doing sleep as this company is. You never know. This company might have an advantage just focusing on sleep. Right. They're probably going to always have the latest and greatest technology and and like algorithms to analyze the data they're getting. I know people with sleep apnea, I don't even think they get REM sleep, which is why it's yeah, such a he, problem. He was saying that some some um, sleep problems are genetic and they they take other ways to solve them. But having this wristband really tells you how much you slept and each schedule that you slept in for how long and what you got. And basically it gives you a recovery percentage when you wake up. It's a good concept. It's really good. It's like, if you think about it, sleep is one third of your life. And if you want to perform, you should optimize for that. You should optimize that one third of your life. And then the other two thirds will hopefully get better. Or you'll, you'll have more energy so you can perform better. Well, that's my problem. I'll, I'll sleep six hours and feel tired. I'll sleep 10 hours. I'll feel tired. Yeah. I'll sleep eight hours. I'll still feel tired. I just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah. So that's why it's like, I've, I've been thinking about doing it more, trying to- Optimize your sleep. Yeah. I don't think there's a better thing for you. It repairs your brain. It repairs your body. Whoop revenue is 530K annually. Oh, so they have 25 employees. Wow. Which is really not bad. So their a lot. peak revenue was 530K in 2021. Okay. 25 employees. Yeah. Wait, what's the revenue today? Maybe it's going down because Apple Watch and all these smartwatches have the same yeah, sensors the in them. You're making a watch specifically for sleep when there are smartwatches that pretty much do the same thing. I mean, it, again, it might not be as good because they're not entirely focused on sleep. They're just focused on different apps. But I know my cousin showed me that he's not getting enough REM sleep through his uh, little Samsung smartwatch. I don't know anything about the smartwatch because I don't I don't wear watches. I bang around my hand too much at work and I would break it. You've seen my phone. It's horrible. Yeah, I say if you want to start a, a business on your own, get into the sleep niche. Build a content site. Start reviewing all sleeping products. Definitely competitive right now, but review. If yeah. you don't go competitive, you're not going to get that crazy traffic i think you can you just gotta work hard there's room to grow i mean you got a billion news sites yeah and they all get some crazy uh traction it seems like it's set up where each creator is gonna get their own share you know based on what they produce and how people like it so i'd take a content site i'd create a little thing on the sleeping uh just do different reviews best sleep ask best white noise machine or best mattresses do up a content site in about a day or two, yeah, and then start ranking within 60, 90 days. Make sure you keep posting on it, but you can make yourself a, a nice thing. Best weighted blankets. The affiliate commissions alone would be great because a lot of those products are very high priced. Reminds me of this one guy. I absolutely love his story, and it's uh, his name's Ramon Van Meer. What he did was he would pay attention to this website called Flippa, and I think it was like Empire Builders. I'm not sure if they were yeah, around at the you time. Yeah, you buy and sell websites? Yeah, exactly. Website uh, or, or little apps or anything yeah. like that. But he would always check, check out the content sites, and he would look at specific niches that were or would sell the highest price sites. Mm -hmm. And I think it was soap operas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was cars and two other niches. That were pretty huge. And he noticed there was this one soap opera site. It was selling for a hundred grand. 
And he thought, okay, well, let me try this. The guy's never seen a soap opera in his life. It's not like he watches Days of Our Lives or has anybody in his family watching this stuff. But he created a, a Facebook group and a little content site. And he would, at the time, Facebook's ads was extremely cheap. For pennies on the dollar, you could get a user to your Facebook group. So he had something on just fa uh, soap opera spoilers, what's going to happen, your favorite soap opera this week. It was kind of soap opera's digest, but the information would come out faster. So we placed all these ads, and for maybe 10 bucks, he'd get hundreds, if not thousands of, of users to his Facebook group. And he wanted to test how many of those Facebook users would go to a blog about soap operas. I think it was around 1.5 million monthly users to this site. I heard that he got a lot of money from this site, and he slowly just kick-started his whole journey of entrepreneurship, basically. I think that was the first episode that you told me to listen to uh, when we were talking about podcasts. You were saying they're they're really good to listen to just to like get ideas flowing and get yourself like in a different mindset and thinking about things differently. And they kind of like opened my eyes about how you can make a website or a content site on something. Blogs used to just be this weird. I feel like Dean might. They're not the same today. It, it, because a blog, it, it's a content site. It just has information, or you hope it has information. Some people do more uh, affiliate type stuff. But yeah, it's just an information site. I never thought about how much money you could actually make from these things. He ended up selling that blog for $9 million. I think it cost him maybe $500. He paid writers to write things. What do we, he would also get in contact with producers and things like that from these different soap operas, and they'd give him little tidbits that he could put out in his blog. It was amazing the network he created from something he had never watched, and even writing the blog, never watched a soap opera. Oh, yeah. that That's the part that really amazed me is he picks something that was so niche not many people are interested in watching that wait what is a soap opera exactly it's just like you don't even know what it is and it, it just works you've never seen soap opera no what what well i probably have but what what does it mean oh soap opera it's just daytime television it's a it's a tv show every day all the Friday, really junky tv shows yeah. where they have the suspense over basically nothing oh come on conversations I'm... pause and it's like <gasps> But yeah, back in the yeah, day, I, yeah, I hate those. Like, what your lot. grandma watches. Yes, exactly. I hate it. Well, I mean, they were no good, but back in the day, there yeah, was nothing. If you were sick, if it's one o'clock in the afternoon, there yep. was nothing on, so yep. you'd be watching. Well, I would, yep. because there was this uh, one thing on Days of Our Lives. Back in the day, one of the main characters was possessed, and it was just the whole thing for the entire summer, and I remember watching that. I think that, yeah, that is exactly <laughs> what I'm thinking of that I watch. It's kind of like a TV show that's on the TV, and you'll walk by it, and then it always just catches your eye. It's always oh. like, they always have weird, suspenseful music playing throughout, and it's just like two people talking in some weird set oh yeah the whole time and main characters die all the time and then they come back or there's a crazy twin brother yeah, or, and then like uh, one dates another and then they poison each other or one one poisons someone else and yep oh, oh it's so weird and corny but but the women it just proves how you can take something so simple Oh, there's an audience and for build on top of it absolutely there's an audience for everything you could make a 
uh, a stained glass window website, best solder to use, best glass to use, and you're going to get traction. That's why what you really went niche with your with your site. And I'm really kind of excited to see the kind of traction you can get from something so niche. I, but honestly, I think you went too niche. <laughs> I did go a little too niche. I can definitely expand to other things around it. But my name is one thing in the niche. That never bothered me, though. I, I think it's not going to have a big deal with it. Back in the day, it might have, because that's how search engines did it. If you yeah, had a keyword, it was simple. Yes. But now, and I mean, I have all this capability to process um, all the data, like, you can have today. You can have websites called bikeme.com, and it's like, cool, your daily news. Okay, well, why is it called Oh uh, Yeah. What? It didn't matter. It just matters about the content on the site and if Google will do something. Ramon Van Meer. Yeah, follow him on Twitter. Yeah, he's on My First Million, right? Oh, yeah. That's how he made his first million, right? Or no? Oh, yeah, the $9 million, yeah, from his uh, content site. Okay, yeah. $9 million. $9 million? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it took two I thought years. thought it was a million. No, nine. So, um, do you know the game Rocket League? I've heard of it. I haven't played yeah, it. So it's like soccer with cars and a okay. little I've seen uh, rocket on the back that you can propel yourself with. So there's like really advanced players that can like fly their car into the air and dribble the ball in the air That's awesome. with the car. So it's really hard to do. They created an AI that analyzes the patterns of the players dribbling the balls in the air. They created an extremely um, intelligent bot called Nexto that um, people are saying some of the best Rocket League players are saying that it's already it's it's it has like superhuman properties in some situations it just completely fakes you out and it's handling ability with the ball is like is like no other so some people made this bot and they defeated one of um, the really like elite Rocket League players no and this game is extremely uh, difficult to play and take takes like years of practice Instant skill That's awesome. to play. So AI is just is breaking everything. That's what's going to bum me out is when I buy a game, I really like the story mode. I don't like playing online a lot. I, I'll play oh, uh, yeah. like Assassin's Creed or something. Yeah. And then you got the three different levels. But now with AI and everything, it's just going to make everything that much harder. Oh, no. Really it's not going to make it harder. It's going gonna, it's gonna to make it probably any scale you want. <laughs> It's going to make everything better. It's going to make it, they're all going to act better. Like sometimes when you have your bots on beginner, they turn around in front of you. You don't want that happening. That's not realistic at all. Right. It won't be like the stupid so, yeah, season. It will be like, it will be maybe easier, but it'll, it'll just be better. I want to buy a golf course at some point, like Foster Country Club. Do you golf? Foster Country Club is going underground. I've golfed a few times. It's going underground. It's going no it, downhill. It, it's going downhill. So yeah, good good idea. Well, I don't want to buy it now. I don't have the money to buy it now. Exactly. Good, like cho good choice for buying. What I think they're just missing out on is a golf course around here. Anyway, is it's only good in the spring, in the summer. Maybe mm -hmm. you get some months in the fall, but you're really missing out on the rest of the time. So. If Foster Country Club just added a building, right? They have that big barn or whatnot that they do all the maintenance work on the on the golf carts. They should make uh, a standing building where they put those golfing simulators in. Because my cousin goes down. Yep, maybe I've used once one. a month. 
they're really cool, right? They're pretty cool. I think he said it was about 80 bucks for two hours, and you play 18 holes. The best part about it is you don't have to do all the walking. It's pretty fast-paced. Yeah. And you can do it in the winter. It's pretty fun. I've used one before at Alpine. I'm, oh, okay. Wait, they have them at Alpine? They have one. Say, uh, Just that, for the guests to use. Yeah, they're missing out. They need they need four to eight, and they're not really that expensive. I mean, maybe you're spending a quarter of a million dollars, but you're going to gain a lot of revenue. Some yeah. people it might be too hot out. No, they'd love to play an indoor game a couple hours. Do it by the bar. Have a bar right there. Just That's com- Top Golf, basically. Have you heard of Top Golf? Oh, absolutely. But I think uh, golf courses should embrace that idea. They really should. It's like you already have everything. If they did embrace that idea, they would probably put Top Golf in a little bit. Oh, tougher of a position. Well, you can maybe somehow franchise with Top Golf. Just take the Top Golf model and somehow incorporate. Exactly. That's what Top Golf should be doing. They should be contacting golf courses and say, "Hey, we can increase your revenue by X percent, and we'd like to partner with you." So. We'll we'll put this in for you for a percent uh, an equity stake in the golf course. I think that's that's probably a genius play right there. We could do that. That's on our own. No, I, I'm totally down. I, I think it's a genius. It's a genius play. You just miss down floor, down south. I mean, it's it could work anywhere because it's inside. Exactly, and it's air conditioned. If it's really hot outside, you go to Arizona. I don't want to play in 110 degree heat. I don't care how dry it is. Oh, it's a dry heat. Yeah, I don't care. I want to be inside and I want to play golf. I don't want to have to walk the course. Driving's fun. I think people are going to... You don't have to find your ball. Yeah. That's that's the beauty of it. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I think the driving simulators are going to be crazy too. Because it gives you so much information. My cousin was showing me. He said, yeah, you go and it tells you... When you hit it, when it leaves the club, yep. the angle, the speed. They have angle and speed sensors for when you hit the ball, and it tracks the ball and then projects that into the simulation. It's wild. I'm amazed at how far golf has come. Uh, some, a weird sport like golf, and I'd love to tell players like Ben Hogan back in the day, there's going to be golf simulators. There's going to be things that tell you your club length or if it's too open, too closed, if you're going to slice it. It helps you with your swing. Oh, there's got to be a club like that already, like an electronic club. They have them for basketball. There's something weird that my cousin has, but I'm not sure if it's more uh, something you put in yeah, the, the club handle. Exactly, yeah. and it, it tells him how far he's hit the ball or how hard he's hit the ball. He uses the, the app on his phone, the sensor on the club, and then where the ball lands, he'll hit the app again, and that marks it, and then it tells you how far you hit the ball. And, and Yeah, because it's all just calculations. Beautiful. I actually did that in one of my classes in high school, kind of a similar thing. We would have to calculate where the bullet would hit from like the cannon or whatever, whatever problem it was. And it was pretty fascinating how you could calculate where it was going to hit and you could take everything into account. You would run the simulation and it would hit where you calculated. It was It was pretty fascinating. And that's how that must work. I just don't like how you have to hit the screen at such a it just feel weird hitting a ball at a screen even though it just kind of catches it just yeah wrong yeah well that's it for this week sorry it's kind of a dull episode we'll uh, have a lot more for you next week but until then i'm mark laporte i'm mitch DePaulo. see you next week